Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. opinions and representations expressed on the night dreams talk radio network and its website are those of the hosts guests and participants and are not necessarily those of or endorsed by the network its affiliated stations and broadcasts the management other hosts or advertisers of the network the show is found on the night dreams talk radio network can but do not necessarily promote any particular lifestyle belief religion political affiliation or other personal practice These shows are for entertainment purposes only, and are not intended to treat, diagnose, and or claim any cure of disease or condition, or give any medical or legal advice. Please check out the Night Dreams Talk Radio website at www.nightdreamstalkradio.com. Also, if you want to keep our show free of advertising, just hit the donate button. Give a buck or two. Remember, all prior shows are always free to listen to. We at Night Dreams Talk Radio thank you for your support. You are Saturday, paranormal psychic and ghost hunter. On Night Dreams Talk Radio Network, James Creechbaum. Hello, and coming to you live from my compound in Dover, Ohio, I'm James Creechbaum. And tonight I have a tremendous, great guest. Her name is Katie Turner. She's a paranormal investigator. She's a psychic and a TV personality. Katie, give us a little bio about yourself. Tell us something. Well, James, thanks so much for having me. Um, well, I um, started, uh, you know, seeing things, apparitions, and being able to predict things as a very young child, even bo- before I could recollect. Uh, my parents would tell me things uh, that kind of blew my mind as I got older, and it never went away. So fast forward a few years, and I got into my teenage years and got into college, and I uh, wanted to make sense of what I was seeing. So I started the paranormal team, 
and uh, we would just we would go to haunted houses or or um, you know broken down houses, um, and we would go in and see what we could capture. And that never went away. Um, I continually wanted to get more answers and make sense of what I was seeing. So fast forward a few more years, and after I finished college, I decided to get more serious about it. And we were doing um, uh, full-fledged investigations. And from there, people caught on to uh, my abilities, and, and I was kind of admitting it to myself. I was in denial for quite some time. And I thought, you know what, maybe I should start doing some readings. And I never thought it would snowball the way it did, but now I am a full-time psychic medium. Um, I travel all over doing readings, as well as conducting um, investigations. Wow. You So you're a pretty busy lady. So, um, so what happened one day? You were like 9, 10 years old, and you thought, well, I'm not going to play at these Barbies no more. I'm going to start investigating. Or how that, how, what, what flipped the scales there? So when I was uh, a toddler, I would uh, tell my parents things. I would tell them uh, dead loved ones were coming to visit. I would predict things. And my parents are very spiritual people. Um, they, you know, thankfully for them, they never kind of shot it down. They always engaged me and, and listened to what I had to say. And at first, I think it really kind of threw them off because, you know, at first they thought it was my imagination. And then when these things started happening or I could give them a description of someone that, um, you know, I had never met in life, it kind of took them back. And so from there, um, they just engaged. Whenever I'd have, you know, a premonition or I would see an apparition, um, they just allowed me to talk about it. Both my parents are quite sensitive. So, you know, I I have a grandmother that's extremely sensitive as well. And, And so it kind of runs in the family. Um, so, you know, six, seven, eight years old, it started to come full fledged and I live at a location that, uh, happens to be haunted. <laughs> um, and so the, um, the entities in the house would communicate and they would move things and they would, they would do things. And I always wanted to prove to myself that what I was seeing was real, even though my parents validated it for me, even though, um, they understood, they accepted it. I had to get it on camera. And that's where, fast forward into my teenage years, that I thought, if I can capture these EVPs, if I can capture something um, and actually have it in my hands to physically look at, then I'm really not crazy. And, um, you know, we'd go into houses and and pick up, you know, different things, snap photos. So fast forward a few years later, and that's when I really decided I'm going to really get some equipment. I'm going to find some like-minded people who are passionate about this. Um, and we're going to do the best we can. And so here we sit. We're still doing lots of investigations. And the energy just intensified. Um, you know, I became a lot more uh, accurate. And, um, you know, my predictions came closer. And so um, I really feel like I was kind of pushed into this rather than it was a decision I wanted to do it. It like made me do this. Right. Um, and I know that this is my dharma. This is what I want to do. Um, and I'm blessed because not a lot of people can say that they're doing what they want to do with their life. And, and I'm, I'm blessed with that. Oh, yeah, that's you're right there that not a lot of people can say that. And, and uh, again, it's more of a calling than something to say for what you do than just saying, hey, I want to, you know, go out and help people investigate and stuff. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That could get. Um, yeah. Most people just. Yeah, that's a calling. And, and, and that's a blessing to a lot of people. I'm sure you've helped many many people out there do you do you uh do more uh like uh, families than than uh than anything else that you help to start off 
uh, when we first started, you know, I'm not going to lie to you. We, I wanted to find evidence. That's why I started it. Right. But I don't need evidence anymore. You know, I know it's out there. I know what I've seen and, and felt and heard as well as my team and, and witnesses. Now we really focus on not necessarily just ghost hunting, but we really focus on helping families. We do a lot of residential uh, cases up here in Canada. Um, there's not so many um, uh, businesses. We do do businesses as well, but there's not as many. We have a lot of families in need that want answers or they really feel like they're going crazy. And I've really devoted my time to doing cleansings and putting people in the right direction, whether um, they're actually physically seeing something um, or, you know, they're experiencing a haunting or sometimes it's mental illness. And I have to point them in the right direction to go and speak to a counselor or, um, you know, get them some help. But that's how I've devoted my time. In terms of my readings, um, that's something that became a full-time job. So I'm constantly traveling with that. Um, and I find that a lot of it is spiritual guidance. But um, at this point, we really just do it to help people that's that's what we've devoted our our lives to doing yeah and that's a beautiful thing because you know it's not like they can um you know go to the yellow page and say boy we need help we're getting uh harassed and scratched and whatnot and whatever have you ever been chased out of a house before or been scratched or bit or any of that kind of stuff oh many times um we've been to locations that other teams and, and nothing against the other team i really think it's a dynamic of how you go into an investigation and, and an open-mindedness. Um, but we've gone into certain locations that some teams claim that they've captured nothing, and that happened. I mean, we've been to locations that were quiet, and we've gone back and, and you know, have gotten a lot more evidence. But the dynamic of our team, every person on my team is sensitive in their own way. Um, and so, you know, if it's not for me, it's for an, another team member that's picking up on things. But to answer your question, absolutely. I have been bitten. I have been scratched. I have been burned. I've had symbols uh, scratched in my back. I've had uh, where one particular case, I had a window smashed. Uh, another particular case, I had a, and when I say window, I mean driver's side passenger window mechanism in the door. So this Whoa. is a electrical, uh, you know, ballast in the door. And my husband, who happens to be a mechanic, um, was looking into it. And he had to take the, oh, the whole door uh, interior apart to get to this particular spot. And he said, it looks like somebody took a screwdriver, a sledgehammer, and some wire cutters and completely um, KO'd the whole entire side of the door. So um, in other cases, I've had um, my window, my actual window, like windshield smashed. We've had batteries taken out of uh, equipment. And I don't mean just go dead. We mean like literally been removed. There was a case where there was a doll that was whipped across the room. We have had, like, there are so many things that we have experienced. So let me, wait a minute. Let's, let's back up to this car door. So mm -hmm. this energy had enough force to just totally wreck that door and the inside of the mechanism. Is that what you were saying? Absolutely. Yes. Yes. So uh, I'll kind of do a brief kind of synopsis of the investigation. So this happened to be a native reserve. Um, located in eastern Ontario, and uh, they had had reports of, you know, significant activity at the location. There had been other uh, teams that were contacted as well. We had gone into the location, and um, lo and behold, there was something definitely malevolent there. There was a few entities in the, in the location. Uh, we conducted the investigation, and there, I mean, there was alleged scratching, and there was a gentleman who was pulled from his bed. Um, so we kind of went in with, with our, our shields up, but we were able to capture, capture a little girl there. 
Um, and so at the end of the investigation, um, we decided we we're definitely going to cleanse, cleanse the area because we didn't want this thing to stay. And as we cleansed the house, uh, we got to the kitchen and we were getting ready to, to kind of push the energy with the uh, sage and we use a variety of different things, but we were, we were pushing it out and it literally opened up the door and exited on its own. So there was about six of us standing there watching the door open <laughs> and close wow. again. And it was after that that I had gone outside and I realized that this thing was pissed at me for making it leave. And that's when it had smashed my window. Now, the funny thing about this is that it was a stormy night. So it had rained all night. And when I went to my vehicle to uh, grab something from it, or we were cleaning up, putting equipment away, I noticed my window down. And I thought, oh, no, I left my window down. Like, it's, why would I do that? It was raining when we got here. But my first instinct was it was my own fault. So I go to the driver's side and I open up the door and it's completely dry inside. There was not one spot of wetness in that in that car and um i had to pull it with all my might this the window back up to the top and what happened was it essentially fell down to the bottom of the of the the door right and um so i managed to get it up and get it home and i said to my husband like i don't know what what happened i thought it was something mechanical i really did i i mean i at that point i didn't think paranormal and um it was when he pulled me out and he said katie like what's going on and uh, that, that we realized that, no, it really did something there. Now, my door was locked. It's not like, you know, somebody could break in. You know, there's there's no logical uh, reason for it. Gee, many Chris. So that was a, a pretty strong uh, entity. I mean, geez. And it was waiting for you to come out, obviously. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Now, with that said, did you do anything to keep it from following you home? Or... or- <laughs> Or how that work out? Uh, we have had many cases where things have followed me home and other team members, um, but we always try to take the the biggest precautions. Um, I have done we've done some demonic cases where I actually had meetings with the diocese, um, and they were aware of this case. They were trying to get somebody in to do an exorcism, um, but exorcisms are very very hard to do. The church uh, it's it's almost I don't want to say it's impossible, but it's very hard. Uh, to get an exorcism done. There's a lot of things that have to be done, a lot of red tape. And so this lady had contacted me and had asked me to um, to go to her place. And so, you know, I had meetings with the diocese. We, we lots of us carry things with us. Um, you know, we will, you know, if we feel that we need to do a prayer or, um, you know, in some cases I'll tell them not to go straight home, uh, shake it off after we usually stop at the end of an investigation and we get out for a little while, you know, shake things off. But to answer your question, yes, we have. I had a situation in my house where it was it was pretty uh, scary because not only was it um, attacking myself, but it was attacking my children, and I oh, had my. to uh, take some precautions to get rid of it. I did, thankfully, but um, no, they have followed us home. Yeah, well, let me ask you this. What did you have to do to get it out of your house that followed you home? I'm just curious. Um, I have used, I use a barrage of things. So uh, in a lot of cleansings, I use different uh, types of sage, um, you know, for, for a case that's, you know, you get sticky energy that's not, you know, it's there, but it's not that dark. I'll use white sage. Um, I find that when I'm doing an investigation or a cleansing and it's, it's a real dark entity, um, we use blue sage with dragon's blood and all dragon's blood is, is just a herb, but that, that mixture, um, I use mugworts. Um, we use hematite, we use selenite, we use um, 
we have a, a Wiccan oil that's called Circle Fire of Protection, and we do that as well. We use holy water. We use moon water, or in other words, pagan holy water. Um, uh, we use singing bowls. So there's, there's a wide variety of things that we use. Um, and basically, you know, when I tell people to, to sage, it's so important to do a cleansing, but it's really, really important that I try to um, explain to my clients that it's you. It's the act of intent. So in other words, use your best mom or dad voice. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. And be stern and you're the one that has to kind of expel this. So, um, you know, it's really kind of uh, the mind frame that you have going into it. If you're, if you're fearful, um, it feeds off that fear. Oh, yeah, I agree totally. And I, I've told several uh, people I've helped, uh, sometimes the, they're their worst known enemy is people, you know, with what they do, their actions, or, or their intent, you know, or they, they inadvertently invite things in, and, and then, you know, then you've got a storm going on, you know. Oh, absolutely. And I think um, people directly go to um, Hollywood, and yeah. you know, movie ha- movies have their place. I think it's great. The entertainment business is great, but I really think that they have to um, kind of look outside the box a little bit and realize that it's not always a demon or it's not always you. You still have your pissed off ghost. You still have spirits that, you know, are, are possessive about their location or about a person. And it's not just necessarily about the worst case scenario, but they still can cause some damage. Right. And, you know, I, I, I've always said, you know, there is a lot of bad people on this earth walking right now. And, you know, when they die, they become a little worse because they just inherit a superpower where nine out of ten people can't see or feel, feel or hear them. So, exactly. <laughs> so now they've just gotten a little worse. So, yeah, there's some nasty um, non-living people out there, to say the least, for sure. Oh, yeah. And I think, too, it comes to the point of some people don't even know they're dead. I mean, we've done investigations where we'll use a spirit box or we'll use, you know, different forms of, of uh, ITC equipment and we'll, you know, we'll be asking them questions. We don't just ask what's your name or, you know, where, where do you live? You know, we'll get into how do you feel about things and, and you know, um, do you know when you passed away? And we've had situations where the entity will say, I'm dead. <laughs> like they don't even, you know, they realize it. So they're fighting for their right in their home so they feel. Right, and could you just picture for a minute that you've passed on, you don't know it, and say 10 years have went by, could you imagine the mental on the other side, what is going through your mind, why, what is going, you would be waking up or like every day, like what's going on? Like it would, I would think that would just drive you batty. <laughs> Absolutely. I feel sorry for these people. Um, in my experience, I have, I have uh, come across a lot of fairly religious, entities that oh, I should say ghosts I subcategorize so for me there's spirits and there's ghosts ghosts are the earthbound entities they're the ones that didn't cross over so they're the ones that, tr- that truly haunt for the word haunting yeah. there's spirits spirits are the ones that come back so my grandfather passed away and I talked about him all the time but he was a major part of my life and 
um, you know, he comes back to visit. So he, even though he's my grandfather, he has passed on. You know, these spirits or ghosts that are stuck in the earthbound realm, they're the ones that truly haunt, and they're the ones that have the hardest time, you know, kind of crossing over. And in my experience, the religion, especially from many years ago, not so much today, but they were afraid of judgment when they crossed over. You know, if, if the Bible said that, you know, you're going to hell, they were really scared of it. And so, you know, it's kind of, once we make that communication with the entities and, and make them kind of realize that it's okay, you're okay to cross over, um, then they're kind of like, oh, I'm out. Salute, I'm gone. Like, they really aren't interested in sticking around because they're cognizant of it now. Right, right. And it's funny you say your grandfather. My grandfather's sitting over in the chair with me right now. <laughs> right on. Uh, he's always with me, but he's cool. He watches out. He watches out for me. But he's done crossing yeah. and come back. You know, he looks out. He looks out for me. He's my passenger. <laughs> yeah, that's wonderful. But um, how, what do you feel about some of these places that um, you know they're pretty much cash cows? You know what I mean? The big places they charge a hundred, hundred fifty dollars a head, and you got all these spirits running around and. And, uh, of course, they don't want to cross them over because they're making money. So it's kind of a vicious circle there, isn't it? I have to agree. Um, I think that, you know, in, for the purposes of research, I think it's a wonderful thing to have. If you have a hot spot, of course, it's like a classroom. If we can learn more, then mm -hmm. I think it's, it's always a beautiful thing. But capitalizing on things, um, you know, I guess they have to keep things going. And again, I, you know, I'm going to support that as far as, you know, keeping the doors open and keeping, um, you know, the research going. I think that's beautiful. Um, we don't personally charge for any cleansings or any investigations. It's a labor of love for us. Um, I, I know that there are some teams out there that do that. As far as the, the businesses that are concerned, you know, cashing in on that stuff, again, I don't necessarily agree with wholeheartedly. But you know, the entities themselves, how many people are actually bringing these entities in rather than um, the original ones that were there? We've been to some locations that, you know, the fact that people are kind of opening portal doors or opening the, the consciousness to that is almost like a, a white light in a dark room. And it's, it's causing more entities to come into the situation. So, you know, what came first, the chicken or the egg? Were these entities originally there or did they come because of the communication that's occurring? Right. And, you know, you brought up a good point. Um, some people, you know, they, they might have attachments or bring things to other locations with them. And now you've got others mixing with others. And who knows how that could go on the other side. And then, you know, who gets the fallout of it, the people that go in and try to investigate or living in the home or whatnot, you know. Yeah. And I think that um, in lots of circumstances, people actually develop, you know, you can develop a humanoid uh, personality. A lot of times when you have, you focus that intent and you're, you're there focused, you know, expecting to see something, they've done experiments where they have actually uh, created this personality. It became a humanoid figure and it was actually causing things to move or shift or communication was happening. So, you know, it's not just cut and dry in my eyes with ghosts and spirits. You know, there's, I mean, interdimensional beings, there's, you know, um, there's lower end dimensionals, there's, there's elementals, there's many different forms of beings. We're not just, you know, talking to the, the neighbor next door who passed away 20 years ago. Right, right, absolutely. And, and um, I got to ask you another question. You, have you ever been to a place where, um, you know, it was almost falling down and you almost, it's more dangerous to be in there because of the structural of the building than the actual spirits? I mean, that's something to think about too. 
absolutely. Yes. Uh, there was a scenario um, maybe 20 years ago now um, that we went into. I, I wouldn't do this today, <laughs> but the young, the young uh, girl in me, you know, the, the fearless one at the time went into this location and there was probably about seven of us that had gone in and we were doing the investigation, so-called investigation. We had some still cameras and we had, you know, an audio, old audio recorder and we were doing what we thought you were supposed to do. <laughs> and we didn't realize that the structure of the floor was not safe and it started to cave in. <laughs> and immediately we heard yelling and we heard what we thought was the police outside. And um, so we went, you know, we were like, oh, no, what did we do? We, you know, we'd asked for permission to be here. Like, you know, what did we do wrong? And so we went all running out of the house. And uh, lo and behold, there was nobody there. And this house was located um, in, in a very rural area, like, you know, farmland. There was no, no houses around it. Um, we had gotten permission from the farmer next door who owned this land. And so we could never figure out where this booming voice came from. Um, but basically what it was telling us was to get out. And we thought it was, please, you know, get out of the house. Um, <laughs> so was it paranormal? We don't know. But we, I can tell you that the floor started to shift and it was quite scary. Yeah, you were getting out of there either way, so it didn't matter. <laughs> yeah. So. I think, too, you know, safety is, is, so, um, is so important. You know, each one of my paranormal members, uh, they, you know, they have to wear proper footwear, or, you know, you can't go in in stilettos. We have <laughs> gentlemen and women, but, you know, you've got to wear the, the proper clothing, you know, and, and, you know, like shorts and a, you know, T-shirt where we're from, you know, it's quite cold. So, you know, it's, it's safety is, is important. And, you know, whenever we go into a residence, we have um, a six or seven page interview uh, sheet that we go through. And in one of those questions is, do you have any firearms that we should know about? Do you have any places in the location that you feel are unsafe, whether it be stairs or a hole in the floor or electrical? Because, the, you know, we, we would rather be late in this world than early in the next, right? <laughs> yeah, right. So was there ever a, a case that you just you couldn't figure out or, or you couldn't solve or, or just made you scratch your head and, you, and, and you're still wondering about it? We have a, we have a location. Um, it's called Buck Hill. It's in Round Lake, Ontario. And it's a very, it's an infamous spot. You know, a lot of people listening tonight that are local um, will know exactly what I'm talking about. There's been many teams that go up. Um, we have investigated it oh, dozens of times. And um, there's an old folklore of a little girl that was lost in the woods and she's looking for a dog. And then there's one variant of the story that she's looking for her father or her father's looking for her. And um, the historian on my team and another investigator did a, an enormous amount of uh, historical work on, on that legend. And we could not correlate anything. Um, but every single time that we go there, uh, we get different evidence. There has um, been documented a light that shows up. And this is to, to kind of put you in perspective it's it's an old road it's a dirt road in the middle of nowhere it's at a very high elevation and there's nothing around for miles there's there's no houses there's no it's, it's again out in the country and they've reported hundreds of people have have witnessed this light that comes up and you know during our investigations we have captured many evps many apparitions Many, but they, there's never two of the same. It's always very different. We've captured things in different languages, um, different voices. So that kind of leaves our, our, us scratching our head because we can never kind of correlate what's, what's kind of holding that space. 
Well, let me ask you this. Do you think maybe there's some por- a portal or a couple portals there, maybe something, and that's why there's you're getting spirits coming in, and that's why maybe you're getting different spirits and EVPs? Oh, yeah. I, I mean, we have done lots of experiments up there. Um, we've used uh, tones with sound. We've used, I mean, we've do, used different instruments, uh, like musical instruments. We've done many different things to kind of try and correlate some sort of a common denominator. And um, we have come to the conclusion that we do think that there's some sort of a portal there, or again, it's like a lighthouse, you know, they see the light and they're coming to that area. The electromagnetic fields in that area are off the charts. And when I mean off the charts, I mean like 200 to 200 and then it'll go back down within seconds. And we've we've actually captured it on film. Um, We took a radio show up there um, a couple of years ago and um, one of the gentlemen were quite spooked because um, <laughs> one of our um, MP, um, one of our uh, K two meters is ambient ticking uh, pitches, right? So, but it has one sound, one pitch that it that it will put out. It was literally beeping to Amazing Grace, and um, I had asked, you know, on the camera, I said, you know, sing us a song because you're hoping to get an EVP, and it actually. Um, manipulated the K2 meter to make these noises. And at the end of it, one of the DJs was so kind of upset and so he was, he was shaken. <laughs> and I, you know, I'm asking him, are you okay? Like, you know, don't, you're all right. Any scratches, you're okay. And he pulled up his sleeve and this was in the fall. So he had been wearing a long sleeve shirt. Nobody saw his arms. And he showed me a tattoo. And this tattoo was of, the song Amazing Grace and notes all the way wrapped around his arm. And it was for his sister that had passed away and her name was Grace. So it kind of played games with us. It does that quite often. It will mimic our voices. Um, it will tap on things. It will move things. But it's always something different. Wow. And and mm-hmm. again, again, that place is in the middle of nowhere. So there should be no uh, EMF spikes or anything, you know, like that, right? There's no towers. We don't have our cell phones on. We don't have, you know, we've done uh, an abundance of tests. We've used different K2 meters, Mel meters, like Goss meters. We've used all different ones to try and figure out where this, um, you know, na- I guess natural EMS is coming from. And we can't pinpoint it. It's never in the same spot. Wow. So, so let me ask you this, uh, talking about land, have you ever had to um, evict spirits off land, or yeah, I know that can be tough. But have you ever had to, you know, go in and do that? Um, when we do cleansing in a, in a location, I have uh, I came across a couple pieces of of land that, um, you know, I can't say it was a hundred acres, um, but you know, an acre or two. That when we do the cleansing, it's important. A lot of people just cleanse the inside of their house. And I always encourage, if you can, I mean, if you live in an apartment, it's a little bit different. But, you know, if you live in a, in a detached home and you're able to cleanse the outside of the house as well. So um, I often encourage people to put selenite in the ground or hematite at all four corners when you're doing the cleansing because that kind of um, uh, washes over the area that you're living in. And it kind of puts up a perimeter so the energy can't get back in. But like anything else, you know, when I, when I do cleansings, I explain to people, you know, just because you vacuum the dirt up in your house, it doesn't mean the dirt's not coming back. So it's really important to be um, diligent about it and, you know, to keep up with your cleansings and to make sure that you're doing it properly so that the energy does not come back into your space. Right. And, you know, we were talking a little bit before we went on about attachments. Have you ever uh, got an attachment yourself, uh, Katie? 
Yes, I have um, on a couple occasions. I had an attachment that um, I was actually bedridden for about eight days. It got me so sick. And this was before I kind of caught on. I thought I was doing my due diligence with my cleansings. And and um, I, you know, um, subconsciously, I guess, invited it in. And um, I was quite sick. I had to really go through a process of cleansing. Um, there was another incident where... Um, I was going through some, I was doing some readings and I kept feeling like I was going to throw up and I had been to a really dark reading before that. And I had to actually stop. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Stop the reading and say to the woman, I'm sorry, I can't continue until we cleanse your house. Do you mind? I said, that's not going to charge you. Like, I'm not, this isn't about making money, but you are going to be seriously injured if we don't. And wow. so I went ahead and cleansed the house. Um, and as I was doing that, the Xbox fell off the... Um, the living room kind of um, credenza. The I, we heard coughing. Some gentleman was coughing, like you know, as if the the sage was making him sick. And when I went home that night, um, I had a severe headache, and uh, I felt like I was going to throw up. And you know, I took a Tylenol, and I'm not normally I don't normally get headaches. And so I'm thinking, what is going on? And then I caught on, and I thought, ah, okay. So I went and got my holy water, and I, you know put it on myself and kind of said my, my prayers and said, you know, you got to back off. And within 10 minutes, I was back to normal. I had energy again. I didn't feel drained. Um, you know, mm-hmm. it was great. I've had other incidences where they have actually, I went and did a, a big group session and the house is quite haunted. And so during the session, I actually got a scratch on my neck and everybody was sitting around me. There's 15 people there and they were all, they were w- witnessing this. And the woman, I said, is there something you're not telling me? Like, I could pick up on the energy, but I wasn't sure if it was there to communicate with the people or if it was actually from the home. And she said, no, actually, it's really been bothering my daughter. And her daughter at the time was about 11 months old. And so um, I said, okay, well, you know, she said, can you please get rid of this? And I said, absolutely, we'll be back. So about four days later, I was able to wrangle my team, and we had to travel a couple hours to get there. So... I, I pick up one of my team members and all of a sudden I felt angry. And the only way I can describe it is I was irate. I was so pissed off. I didn't want to be there. I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to go. I was just, just beside myself. And so I, I thought, well, you know, in my head, I'm going, well, I'm going to have to get gas and I don't want to do this. And I, do, I might as well get it now. Like I was just beside myself, even inside. So I pulled over and I stopped to get gas and I was standing outside for a minute and I just thought, okay, ground yourself. Like what's wrong with you? And then it hit me, and I thought, "You son of a gun!" Oh. It was the it was the energy of the house. The, the gentleman occupying that house did not want me coming back because he knew I could get rid of him, and so he was manipulating my thoughts into not mm. wanting to be there. And and it, I, it, that was that was a few years ago, and I'm kind of a lot more diligent about it now about those thoughts, whether they're actually mine or not, because. You know, I'd like to think that uh, I'm, you know, up to date on this stuff and I'm constantly trying to protect myself. But no, that's another scenario. And I hadn't even really been to do the investigation yet. Right. They try to make you think different things. Well, let me ask you this. 
what would your advice be to people out there that they, if they think they might have attachments, what can they look for to kind of validate that they might have an attachment? Like what's some symptoms? Well, you know, symptoms can vary. So I tell people, if you're feeling drained, if you're waking up in the morning and you're feeling drained, and I mean, this is after you have gone, I always encourage everyone to go and talk to, speak to a doctor, you know, rule out mental illness, rule out physical illness, because a lot of, you know, depression and stress really does a number on people. Once right. you've kind of been cleared on a physical basis, then you really got to start thinking about things. Uh, you know, are you feeling physically drained? Are you getting headaches? Are you getting mood swings? Is it affecting anybody else in the house? How are the animals or pets, if you have any, how are they being affected? Um, are you noticing anything physical? Is there anything being moved? Um, you know, are you feeling any scratches, burning? You know, anything that's kind of out of the ordinary that, that you wouldn't, uh, you know, you wouldn't negate to be normal. And I, you know, demonic entities, negative evil entities, they don't, unlike Hollywood, they jump out at you. It doesn't really work like that, um, in, in my experience anyways. They, they try to convince you that, that you're crazy. They, they do it slowly. They slowly creep up on you, and they make you change your mind. They make you um, do things you wouldn't normally do or get angry when you wouldn't normally get angry. So if you start to experience these things, I really encourage you, rather than you know trying to deal with this on your own, find a professional that you can communicate with. Um, you know, a lot of people feel like they're dealing with this stuff alone or they feel crazy. And a lot of the cases aren't like that. So it's, it's so important to find a professional, somebody reputable, somebody that you can speak to that's going to help, you know, put things into perspective or steer you in the right direction and try and get these things removed. Um, but, you know, fear is what feeds it. And it's so important not to allow that to control you. Fear is a fight or flight instinct. And so our brains have been taught to kind of do that, to, to um, you know, flight if you have to or be afraid to keep alive. And so once you kind of talk yourself down and, and kind of get yourself back into your own perspective and realize that you have the ability to fight this, whether it's getting help or standing up for yourself, um, that really kind of pushes it back. So it, it can affect you the same. Oh, absolutely. Let me ask you this, Katie. Um, say somebody came to you had, that had an attachment, and they mm -hmm. said, hey, hey, can you get this off of me? Now, I know there's different ways to do it. How would you go about removing an attachment from somebody? Well, um, I would, to be honest with you, I would have to take my own assessment. So, right. um, you know, I would have to feel it on my own. Again, yeah. I, deal, I do deal with people who are, you know, mentally ill, and I don't want to write people off. I want people to feel that they can come to me. Um, but, you know, again, you, you have a variety of people. So if, if it was a legit, legit case, um, mm -hmm. I would definitely work towards cleansings. I would cleanse. Um, I would ask them, first of all, where they feel the attachment came. You know, did you buy anything recently? Was it antique? Did you move to a new location? Um, you know, did somebody give you something as a gift? Were you tra did you travel anywhere? And trying to find the cause of what, uh, what, what, you know, happened, why this started to occur. And nine times out of ten, I find out that people, usually people with an attachment, invited it in. You know, oh, I played with a Ouija board, or I, um, you know, I went to this haunted location, or my friends and I were talking about it, or, you know, certain things like that. Once we're kind of, we get to that conclusion of how it got there, then we have more power on how to get rid of it. And uh, whether it's a, it's a series of cleansings or, you know, uh, again, getting the diocese involved, whatever they, their religion 
Um, but, you know, I work with these people until I know that it's gone. Um, and, you know, I leave them with stuff. I usually leave them with different things that they have to do. I sh- not only do I cleanse the location, but I show them how to do it as well. Um, if it's a very sticky um, attachment, you know, I'll have them cleanse for seven to ten days every day. Like this isn't just you wave some sage around and you're done. I get them to do it diligently um, for, for at least a week. Um, and then, you know, if, if it's over my head and I'm not afraid to say that, then I will definitely put them in the right direction as to who they can, they can get help from, whether it's a bishop or a demonologist. I have some great people that I work with and, and comrades that, you know, we, we throw ideas back and forth, and I'm not afraid to, to send them in that direction either. Mm-hmm. Great. Let me, that, that's great. I'm glad, I'm glad there's people out there like you to help people. Let me ask you this. Being in Canada, uh, besides dealing with spirits, what other have you ever had to come across some cryptids or uh, UFOs or anything like along those lines? Um, we have dealt with. I have my uh, talking about Buck Hill. I have some other series about that. Um, in Northern Ontario, there has been uh, throughout Canada actually. There's been many sightings of um, Bigfoot. Um, so they, you know they've they've had lots of sightings of that, and they've been able to. They kind of keep that hush hush. Um, as far as UFOs, I can honestly say I have seen a couple UFOs. Um, but they're exactly that unidentified flying objects. Uh, you know, I didn't see anybody coming out of any ships or anything like that. I'm not saying I'm not a believer, um, but I have never had that part of an experience. Um, but there's not as many legends up here as, you know, there, there are in other places around the world. Mm-hmm. So let me ask you, what's your advice for people that want to get into this uh, investigating for a hobby? And what's your advice for those people? I don't like the word hobby. <laughs> I, I don't either. Um, I know. Because this isn't something that you can play with. Okay. So, you know, the controversial thing, and I, I guess I shouldn't say Ouija board, but spirit board, okay, spirit board, where you communicate with the other side. That is simply just a piece of wood with a planchette. However, it's the active intent is what kind of turns it on. Okay. So, you know, people go, oh, I would never touch a Ouija board, but they'll order a spirit box or they'll order, you know, they'll start communicating through EVP. There's no difference. It's the active intent is what kind of causes that to happen. So I really think, you know, would you, would you, um, you know, I, I certainly wouldn't buy a motorcycle with never trying it before and jump on and get on, you know, a major highway. And it's the same type of thing. You know, with a horse, you're not going to jump on and gallop away. You've got to learn the basics first. And it's so important to do your research. If this is something that you really want to get into, you have to ask yourself why you want to get into it. Is it just to collect evidence? Or is it to actually help people? And, you know, no judgment, whatever you want to do, you know, however you want to do it is, is cool. But you have to realize that when you're getting into residential cases, you're dealing with people's lives and you're dealing with people's, um, you know, their, their dignity. And so, you know, if, if this is something that you'd like to go and go to these businesses and do, then by all means do it. But make sure you do your research. You find out what equipment works for you. Try to talk to a team uh, close to you that's reputable um, and maybe see if you can get on to some investigations through that. And, um, you know, just the important thing is, is, is educate yourself the right direction because there's a lot of people there that don't know um, what they're doing. We have had to fix a lot of um, other investigators' mistakes or, you know, lot, we've done many investigations where, They'll go into a house, and that's all they want is to, is to get evidence, and they're, they're excited. Meanwhile, the client is, you know, we had one situation where a client was actually knocked down the stairs and it broke her legs. 
And so we had to go in there and, you know, make sure that this entity was gone. So just be careful what you wish for. That's, that's the, the biggest thing I can say is just know your stuff and be careful what you wish for. Yeah, good advice. Absolutely. Let me ask you something else. What do you, what's your advice or what's your opinion on people that like to investigate their own home? <laughs> what's your take on that one? Um, again, I, I don't think it's, you know, it's not necessarily a bad thing, but, um, whether you're getting paid for something or not. So, and I'm just, I'm, I'm generalizing this with a job. How many people want to take their jobs home with them? A lot of yeah. people don't. Right. I don't do readings out of my house for a reason. Okay. It's because I have to set up perimeters for my, uh, safe space. I need a safe, sacred space that it's not going to come into. Okay. And I think that when it's... If you really suspect something, then yeah, okay. If you if you really have some you know physical proof of things moving or you're hearing voices and communicating, and you want to you know double check, then I guess it's okay. But I wouldn't encourage. Um, in my eyes, I think you have to have a sacred space. So again, you're taking your work home with you, and you're inviting that communication. So by inviting that communication, you're, you you would expect that there would be more um, paranormal activity to occur. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I got another question for you. What if you come across, did, can you find and locate portals? And, and Are you able to do that? Do you do that? I should ask. Uh, I, I can. Yes, I have. Um, mm -hmm. I have been able to, to find them. There's been some scenarios where it has, you know, come through in odd places. Um, you know, there is usually nat natural sources, close to natural sources is where I find a lot of them. Um, there has been scenarios where I have found them in mirrors. Uh, door, physical doorways. Um, you know, there, there was one that was in the back of a closet of all places, but yeah. And when we're doing our cleansings, we really try to shut those portals down because again, it's like a doorway. You know, I tell my clients, would you leave your door unlocked and let a stranger come in? No, you wouldn't. So, you know, it's really important to lock your car doors, lock your house doors and lock your portal doors so that you're not getting that highway uh, effect coming in and out. Right. So you have closed a few portals. That, well, I let me ask you this. You wouldn't close an exit portal, only inner portals, correct? Um, I have, in my experience, I have found that they come in and they go out. Okay. Okay. So, and, and you know, that creates like a paranormal highway and that could cause, you never know what could come through, right? Correct? Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so, and again, people... Um, what things do people do that you know of that can open these portals that they maybe shouldn't be doing? Again, I think it's any act of divination. So divination mm -hmm. meaning communicating with the other side. You know, mm -hmm. um, even you don't have to necessarily call out there. So when I do readings for people, when I, when I go into a location mm -hmm. for investigations, I do what's called closed channeling. The investigator in me doesn't like to say, who's he or who wants to communicate with me? Because that is an act of an invitation. So I like to stay on mm. point of who somebody wants to communicate with or who would be in the location. Obviously, when you go into a haunted location and, you know, if something doesn't present itself, then you got to put your antennas up and kind of figure out what's going on or who's at that location. But I really encourage people, don't open your door. You wouldn't open your door and leave it open for a stranger. Um, and, and neither would you do it with the spirit, you know. When you go, when you open your door in the summer, how many flies came in your house? <laughs> That's a good you point. You don't know. You didn't right. intend them to come in, but the bottom line is that they got in. 
So again, if you don't know how to protect yourself when you're doing these investigations or when you're trying to do divination communicating, and it doesn't necessarily have to be through investigation. It could be, you know, you have decided that you, you, you've got a tea and you have a cup and you want to do tea leaf readings, or it could be through uh, spirit cards, oracle cards, like anything like that. You know, you're doing that divination and opening that kind of door of communication. So you don't know what's coming in when it's happening. And people who are uneducated uh, are, are not there yet. And I was one of those people that, you know, I stung myself because I walked in there thinking I got this. I learned the hard way and I had to, it humbled me because, you know, I really had to think twice. I have a family and, and I, I, there's a colleague that I know that passed away because of this. And so, you know, it, I had to take it that much more seriously. Well, yeah, absolutely. Jeez, you got a family to think about, and you know, so you you let me let me just say this: you have got to be on point twenty four seven, protecting yourself. Obviously, uh, I mean, whether you're investigating or not, I would think just from what you do. Oh yes. So my house has got a barrage of, of crystals. <laughs> I'm a big crystal junkie. I have. At least I knew it. Two to three. Uh, Himalayan salt lamps in every room. <laughs> um, Himalayan, I tell a lot of people salt lamps are wonderful because they deionize negative ions, so they bring in positive energy, and they help to defeat the negative energy. So I've got those. Um, I smudge my house on a regular basis. I use a lot of salt. That's another thing that's great when you're doing cleansings, mm-hmm. um, you know, salt thresholds, and, and kind of it helps so that the energy cannot kind of transfer back through. Um, you know, my husband says you're the only woman that I know that has hand sanitizer, a pocket, pocket knife and holy water in her door <laughs> because I'm constantly, it's with me. I've got crystals in my purse. I've got, I've got metals, you know, St. Benedict, St. Michael, like all of them, um, just to make sure that my, that myself and my kids are uh, safe. And, you know, um, even when I go to an investigation, if I come home and my kids are already sleeping, which normally they are, I'll sneak in and put a little, you know, put a little uh, tincture on them or a little holy water on them, and um, just to make sure that I've covered my basis and that everybody's safe. <laughs> I don't blame you. Well, as long yeah. as your kids don't wake up thinking you're waterboarding them, that everything's good. No, no, I'm lucky. Yeah, uh, no, they're good. And and my kids are very aware of it. Um, so my son, he'll giggle about it. Say, Mom, were you, at, you know, were you at an investigation? Did you do a reading? Or, oh, Mom, I don't need that. And I, you know, yes, you do, bud. Like, so he he's funny, but uh, they both accept it. You're getting it whether you need it or not. Dang, dang on. You got it. Uh, that's funny. Yeah, uh, you mentioned crystals. I, yeah, I got a few of them, too. I, I wear black tourmaline all the time, and uh, it helps me out big time. And, um, oh, tourmaline's great because mm-hmm. it uh, reflects negative energy. It repels negative energy, and it helps to uh, keep from psychic attack. Yeah, there's uh, there's many crystals out there that um, would you know help to keep you safe, and it's mm-hmm. important with your crystals that you make sure they're cleansed and you keep them clear. But yes, yeah, absolutely, that's a wonderful one to carry. Yeah, I I, I got a pink one too. I wear, but uh, yeah, they help me. And I, I had a person once that had a black tourmaline that started out of nowhere started burning them. I said, well, you know, something's up there. It turned out they had an attachment in it. Was, but, it, yeah. But once the attachment was gone, it didn't burn them no more, you know? It was it was strange. It was a strange Well, one. it was doing its job. <laughs> that, that's what I said. I said, well, that's a good test, I guess. <laughs> I guess that's one way to find out, I, I reckon. Jeez. Yeah. So, uh, so what? What do you got? What's in your future? What's what? What's your plans? I know you're on TV, a lot of TV shows. You're still on. You still don't know. 
I am. So uh, we just got in here in Canada. I think we just started uh, Paranormal Survivor Season 5. So I'm pretty lucky. I work with two amazing women, uh, Linda Corian and uh, Michelle DeRoche. Um, all three of us are paranormal consultant experts for the show. So, you know, I'm very proud of that. We've been, you know, I've been with them since season one and working with them. So that's that's great. I think in the States, you guys will be getting that at some time this fall. Mm-hmm. And there's another television show that I just finished um, that, unfortunately, I can't talk about um, until oh. it, it it's ready to come out. Um, it is paranormal. It is going to be epic. Um, so I, I, you know, unfortunately I can't really talk about it. Um, but no, it's going to be great. So that should air here in Canada in the fall. I'm not sure when you guys are going to get it. Um, and I just, I'm doing, um, uh, there's, there's a couple of festivals that they've asked me to be a part of this summer. So I'm going to be doing a bunch of those, um, and some other radio shows. So it's, you know, it's going to, it's a busy summer and, and, um, it, but it's, it's good. It's going to be a great year. It sounds like you're going to be pretty busy. Now, do you go to uh, Paracons and that kind of stuff, too? Um, so we don't really have that here in Canada to the same degree. We do have um, an Eastern Ontario Paracon um, that's hosted by another paranormal team here in Ontario. Um, and, it, you know, it's wonderful. It's not as big, unfortunately, as, as it is in the States here. Um, the draw isn't as big. I'm hoping for their sake and our sake that, you know, it's going to get bigger next year. But there is one in Michigan, Sault Ste. Marie, that's happening this summer. Or, uh, yeah, this summer in August um, in, in uh, up close to Sault Ste. Marie, Michigan, that we're planning on going to that's supposed to be epic. So we're really excited about that. Um, and, uh, we were hoping to get to Tennessee this summer, but that's just not going to happen, unfortunately, just due to scheduling and, um, you know, we're all so busy, but we're hoping to get there. <laughs> wow. You're, you're busy. Well, let me ask you this, uh, getting close to running out of time, but what's the most, um, spiritually haunted place you ever been to of all the places you've been to? I would have to say Buck Hill. Um, the, that road that I talk about, um, mm-hmm. that was probably one of the most haunted locations. Um, and it was, uh, it, it's just epic. We've actually investigated it with the police, um, being there. And I, you know, they, they we are now infamous in that police detachment because, um, they came up there skeptics and left complete believers, <laughs> scared oh. out of their wits. Um, but, um, you know, I would have to say Buck Hill, but we have been to so many, I mean, that one case that we talked about, the demonic case where the woman, she was an older woman and it broke her legs and put, you know, pushed her down the the stairs and pushed her in her face into her fire. Um, it pushed her in between the washer and dryer. Like that was a scary case. Very scary. Um, uh, like there's so many, I honestly can't, I'd say a barrage of multiple entities would definitely be Buck Hill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It sounds yeah. like it. It sounds like that. But now, let me ask you this real quick: what, uh, If you know you're going into a case that has uh, these demonics, and do you do you get? I mean, how do you um, break that to your team? Do you give them an option? Hey, you might not want to go this time, or how's that work? Yeah. So what I'll do when I know that it's a really malevolent case, whether it's demonic or not, but if I know that this is mm-hmm. off the charts. I will hold a meeting before before we go to the investigation and I give everybody a chance. I say, okay, listen, you know, I know you had children or I know that you're, you got this going on. This is your choice, whether you want to come. Mm-hmm. Um, we, again, I'll have meetings with the diocese and kind of, there's a local priest here um, that is a fan 
And so um, him and I chat and, you know, we'll come to a conclusion. He's giving me different things to use. Um, and so, you know, I'll contact them. Um, you know, we'll have this meeting. I'll, we'll all, um, you know, we all have holy water that we use or we'll, we'll divvy out. We have medals. We have, they have an out and they all walk in knowing what they're getting into. It's never a case of um, that they're not informed or well-informed in those situations. We have had cases that, um we didn't realize what we were getting into. So the the um, allegations, the the alleged activity in the home was something very different than what what we, we were told it was. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I like to go into a house and kind of I go in raw, so I try not to get a lot of information because even though I try to shut my psychic side off to be an investigator during the investigation, mm-hmm. I still like to do a walkthrough at the beginning when everybody's getting, you know, they're taking their base readings for things. I take a walkthrough room to room and I kind of pick up psychically what I'm working with. And um, there was one situation where a woman thought up and down that her house had a demon in it. And, and it ended up being a ghost of a dog. Oh, and she was my. getting scratched. She was getting scratched a lot, but it was all lower legs. And her daughter was being knocked over and, you know, her young daughter, maybe three, 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 four years old, something like that. And it turned out, you know, so we had this meeting, we we're getting ready to go in, you know, we were guns blazing and it was a dog. When I got to the location, I was like, that's a dog. And we well, were able to capture the EVP of the dog barking and whining. Wow. And what it, what it was is this dog was getting excited to see people and it would literally jump and knock these people over. And so the poor thing was terrified that something was trying to hurt her when all it was was this dog and we were able to get rid of it. So, you know, you never know what you're getting into. Well, let, let me ask you this. How did you get rid of the dog spirit? That, that's a good question I, I would like to know. So there was a, a female spirit uh, by the name of Linda that came through as well. And um, through communication, so psychically as well as us, you know, conducting the spirit box session, um, mm-hmm. we communicated to her and asked her, can you please take the dog? The dog is hurting this little girl and it's carrying the family. And and these, the female entity said, yes, absolutely, I, yes. And so, um, you know, we felt the energy shift. Our, the way that we had our millimeters, we had them close to the ground, and every time we would call the dog, it would go off. And we'd wow. wait a few minutes later, and we'd say, come on, like we'd whistle, and come on, come on, and then it would go off. And um, mm-hmm. so we did some experiments after. I went back to the location several times just to make sure that this entity was not something, you know, mimicking something else or hiding, and mm-hmm. they had no more activity. So, um, you know, we I had conducted the cleansing and stuff like that, but I'd gone back to make sure. So we knew it was gone. That is incredible. I, now, is that the only case that you've had that had a spirit of an animal, or have you had others? No, we've had several cases of animals. We had yeah. one case where a woman, again, she thought it was a demonic entity, and she was quite religious. Um, I'm not a religious person. I'm very spiritual, and I, I like to utilize religious uh, beliefs. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a respect for it. I'm not a, I don't go to church, but I, again, I respect it and, and the active intent and the holy water and the, and the metals and stuff. But this, this woman was very religious and she was very frightened. She kept going back to her priest and saying, you know, um, I have this deep, this entity. I don't know how it got there, but it, you know, it, it jumps on me when I'm laying in bed. And so she had holy water all over and she had, um, crosses and all sorts of things and it wasn't getting better. Mm-hmm. And so as soon as I walked into the location, I heard psychically a cat. And I said to the mother, I said, you know, there's a cat here. And she said, well, I don't have a cat. And I said, well, I'm telling you, there's a cat here. 
So we went through the investigation, and a number of my investigators heard the same thing. They heard it. We captured it through uh, EVP. We audibly heard it as well. And we asked her how long the activity had been there, and she said about two months. You know, it just came out of nowhere, two months. Mm -hmm. And um, I was able to determine, my team as well, that it was the cat jumping on it, jumping, jumping up on her at night when she went to bed. And I said, so you've never had a cat. And she said, well, I did, but it died a couple months ago. Oh, well, okay. So yeah. it was, it was her cat that was mm. jumping up and crawling up her. And of course, if you can't see it, it feels, you know what a cat feels like or a little dog. It's uncomfortable. Yeah. You feel that crawling sensation. And the poor thing was petrified. So once we were able to determine what it was, um, we said to her, we can ask the cat to leave. And she said, no, we're cool. Like, we're good. So I always do a follow-up with all of my clients. And, you know, when I when I contact people, I, I kind of do it with life. You know, like, it's not just we've done a case and we're done. You know, anytime people have questions or anytime they need assistance or, you know, I'm always there. So I always follow up and uh, she's doing great. Uh, things are back to normal. She's happy. And uh, she's living with her with her spirit cat. <laughs> That's great. Hey, uh, Katie, I want to thank you for coming on tonight. You're an awesome guest. I wish you only the best. We're running out of time. Uh, you got a couple minutes here. If you'd like to share or promote anything you'd like to share or promote, go ahead. Well, thank you, James. It was an absolute pleasure to be on your show. I really appreciate it. Uh, you're kind and you're generous um, and you're quite professional. So thank you very much for that. Um, well, thank you. So if anybody wants to um, tune in in Canada, it's TME Travel and Escape. Uh, it will be so Paranormal Survivor will be premiering, um, I believe, uh, in the states and Destination America and the Travel Channel. There might be a few other channels this fall. Um, you can check my paranormal team. It's called the Canadian Supernatural Research Society or Canadian Supernatural Research Society dot com. Or you could reach me on my website, katieturnerpsychic.com, or you can check me out on Facebook um, at Katie Turner Psychic. Um, or even on Twitter, Katie Turner Psychic. So if you have any questions, uh, please don't hesitate to contact me. I want you to know you're never alone. Um, I want to thank all the fans and all the friends and family that are listening um, and all my, my awesome investigators on my team. They're one of a kind, and they're amazing. So um, I'll give it back to you, James. Thanks again. Okay. Uh, hey, have a great night, Katie, and uh, thank you for coming on. I will see you later. Bye-bye. Thanks so much. Take care. All right. Bye. Bye-bye. Yep. Well, she was a great guest. I'm glad she was on. A lot of, I learned a lot of information from her. And uh, I just want to say next week my guest will be Bishop James Cloud. Also, if you get a chance, go to our website, www.nightdreamstalkradio.com. Scroll down. There's all kinds of interesting things in there, great pictures, upcoming guests. Also, you can, uh, if you'd like to donate a buck or two to help with our uh, bandwidth, it, it keeps uh, advertising out and free and all our shows for free. If you donate $20 or more, you will get a free paranormal book, so go check that out. Also, check out uh, Gary Anderson's show. It's on Monday through Friday. It's on at 10 p.m. Eastern Time, and he's got all kinds of great guests covering all aspects of the paranormal. Definitely want to catch his show. It's going to be a great show. And listen, I've got all kind of great guests coming up. I've got uh, Jay and uh, Maria Yates coming on. I've got uh, Linda Carino. I've got Ken Gerhardt. I've got all kind of great guests coming up. Irina Scott's going to be on. All kind of great guests. So definitely check out the website. Check out Gary's show. And everybody have a great night. See ya. 
Our intro music is provided by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com.